and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober. Encouraging believers to stand on the word of God. And motivating believers to be truth dealers. With a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. When no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I am Brian Moonen, and as I said, welcome back. Thank you for spending this time with us on Truth Dealer Radio. And the truth, of course, is God's Word. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. Praise God. Today... Today we are going to be talking about something very important, a Bible doctrine called eternal security. And I'm no stranger to YouTube and all the wars that take place there over doctrines. And I will warn you and tell you right now, there are a ton of false teachers out there who are preaching against what they call once saved, always saved. And Let me tell you right now that the way they describe salvation is not biblical salvation. So they are oftentimes, in fact, setting up a straw man argument because they set up a false version of salvation, which no Bible-believing Christian would sign off on or agree to, which is what we also call easy believism, or like when you knock on somebody's door and you say, hey, do you want to go to heaven or hell? And they say heaven, and you say, well, do you believe one, two, three? And they go, yeah, I believe that. And they say, hey, pray with us and and then repeat after me. And then they do this whole thing and they say, you're saved, you're going to heaven. Come to our church and start tithing. That is not biblical salvation. I'm not saying that you shouldn't evangelize and you shouldn't go door to door and share the gospel. I believe in passing out gospel tracts anywhere, anytime, as the Lord leads not because it's part of some man-made program, but because the Holy Spirit of God is leading you to share the gospel. Real quick, I'd like to share a short testimony from yesterday. It's a perfect example. We were at the grocery store doing our shopping as a family, and I had one track in my pocket. I didn't even realize I only had one. I had one large track. I had several small ones because I was going to put them in the beer cases, and the six-packs, they're good for that, by the way. Slide them in there. Nice little surprise. And we came around in this one aisle, and there was a gentleman shopping by himself, and it was just like the Lord led me, like, give that guy a track. That guy right there, he needs to get a gospel track. It was like, you know, sirens going off. It's I believe it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so... I reached and found I did have one track, and a larger one. So I said, okay, this is for that guy. So I went around, and I felt a little discouraged at first. Sometimes you have like a little spiritual battle that takes place. Oh, that guy doesn't want a track. He doesn't look like he would receive it. You know, you need to rebuke the devil in that case. You just need to stand on the Word of God, 
Go ye into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that man is alive. He's taken air. You have every right in the world to hand him a gospel tract. What he does with it is between him and God. Your hands are clean at that point. He's accountable. If he has the truth, he's accountable. So I had one of our truth tracks, which we have at kjvprepper.com. So I gave him, I just came up to him and I said, excuse me. And he looked at me and I said, I've got a gospel track for you. And I handed it to him and he said, oh, what is it? And I said, it's a gospel track. It has a Bible message on the back. And he looked at it and he said, thank you. I will read it in a very serious way. And then I just said, I don't remember what I said to him. We we parted ways and I went down the aisle to continue shopping a little bit. And I looked back at him at one point. He had his glasses out. He got out his glasses, put them on and started reading the track right there in the store. And he stood there for five minutes reading the track. And I was just praising God. So I started praying for him. And then we went about our shopping because I didn't want to... I didn't want to jump on the guy, and I didn't want to get in his face too much, but there you go. He had the truth, and he was reading it right there. Who knows what was going on in that guy's life yesterday, where he was so ready to receive that gift from God of the truth. And that's why I like those tracks. They say truth right on the front. Everyone always asks me over the years when I've handed out all our other tracks, What is it? What is it? What is it? So I kind of built that into this one. What is it? It's the truth. And they know they're seeking the truth. If the Lord is is drawing them, they're seeking the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. Praise God. So anyway, just to encourage you, one person, I mean, one, even if you give a track to one person, it is so gratifying to the Holy Spirit. It, It pleases God. It's just a wonderful feeling to know that God provided you with this opportunity where you're so-called in the right place at the right time. It's God-ordained. And I believe that as we walk in the light, walk in the Spirit, God lines those things up for us. We're sensitive to it. We're tuned in. And praise God, it was just, it was great. So I encourage you to carry tracks with you. Don't be like me and only take one. have a whole bunch in your pocket. I mean, I keep a lot in the vehicle too, but I just, I, I only had one large one in the, in one pocket. You know how it is in the winter in upstate New York. Every day you're wearing a different jacket. You're wearing a heavy one because it's negative 20 degrees. And then a few days later, you're wearing a spring coat because it's 40 degrees. It's crazy up here. And we've had a wild winter. I just wanted to point out that I believe in giving out gospel tracts. It is of God to do that work. What I don't believe in is false conversions, false professions where you pressure a person. Like if I went up to that guy and started pressuring him to make a decision and pressuring him to pray with me in the store or or call me later or whatever. You know, I believe that God is sovereign and God is involved in the most major way in salvation of souls. And God will cause that to come about. I'm just glad I was there to give him a track. Maybe someone else, maybe five other people gave him a track yesterday too. I really don't know. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about we're co-laborers together with God. 
It's amazing. God uses our weak flesh to achieve. When we get to heaven, I believe we'll be able to see how he worked it all out, how he wove it all together and see, you know, you you gave this person a track. Maybe 10 years later, they got saved. They gave someone else a track. And it's just amazing. We'll never be able to know the unspeakable riches of God, how high his mind is, how his ways are higher than our ways, how he achieves everything for his glory. Praise God. It's just, it's exciting. And, you know, we've gone to parades and handed out hundreds of tracks. It's, it's no less exciting to give one person a track when you know that it meant something. There was a real reason for it. I could see it in this guy's face, in his eyes. Something was going on. Maybe I'll never see him again. I pray he'll. I prayed for him. I've, I've been praying for him that he'll be saved. He could have got saved right in that aisle. I don't know what point he was at. God could have been drawing him for 10 years. So just praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Press on. Keep doing one day at a time. Just like I said, it's no less exciting to talk to one person than sometimes it is to do these big events or videos or shows. It's not about us. So just be humble and be open for the Lord to use you in whatever capacity, wherever he has you. So with that being said, what I don't believe in is this false version and the, the people who are against eternal security who teach against what they, they call it once saved, always saved. I don't even like that phrase because what they're talking about being saved is not true biblical salvation. It's a profession of faith. Well, I can profess to be a hamburger. Doesn't mean I'm going to uh, end up in a Big Mac box. You can profess to be anything you want. These days, you can self-identify. I self-identify as whatever. And I expect you to call me whatever. Jesus Christ himself said, the Lord made a male and female. So, identify that. So, in the Bible, which is our standard, in the Holy Bible... Salvation is the following things of God by our Lord Jesus Christ through Christ Jesus saved by grace through faith. It is a free gift justified by his grace, a free gift kept by the power of God and it is his work. And those are all the points we're going to look at. Every single one of those points I just said, our rock-solid Bible doctrine. So you can't take one other verse or one word in a verse, like if, and say, see, it says if. You need to look at the whole Bible and the entire doctrine. You need to understand what salvation is to begin with. That's what we're going to talk about today. What even is salvation? It has nothing to do with what we do. It can't, it couldn't, it never will. It will not have something to do with you. If it does, you're trusting in the wrong person. Salvation is of the Lord. He is the master. He is the person that brought salvation. He's the one who wrought salvation. Praise God. Because if it had to come any other way, it's not of God. You come in another way. The thief and the robber comes in the other way. Nope. 
Romans 9.16 So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. It's of God. And this verse is talking directly about salvation. It is of God that showeth mercy. It's out of his mercy on us. That's why it said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, for the ungodly. Outside time, God knew he, he ordained he was going to do that. That's love. That is the ultimate. As Jesus Christ said, he laid down his life for his friends, for his brethren. There is no other example, greater example. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So salvation, we obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. How much does it have to do with us? Zero. Ephesians 2.7 That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Through Jesus Christ, by grace, it is the gift of God, not of works. You can't have both. Who maintains that gift? Because they say, oh, you have to endure. Hmm. Who endures? Who overcomes? Who endures? We're going to look at that. Titus 3, 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Okay, not by works, through Jesus Christ our Savior, justified by His grace. Romans 5.15, the free gift. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. See, it's, it's by one man. It's by Jesus Christ. It's by God. It's a free gift. It's not by me, you, grandma, anybody. It's a free gift that you can't earn. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Free gift, free gift, free gift. It's a free gift from God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. It's a free gift. Jesus Christ, salvation is of the Lord, through the Lord, in the Lord. We're accepted in the beloved. Romans 11.5 Even so, then at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace it is no more of works, 
Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You know you can't have works and grace at the same time. If you do, you have a false gospel. 1 Peter 1.5 is talking about saved people who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So we are kept by the power of God. You're kept by the power of God. Anything good that you do or I do is of Christ. It's of God. It's Christ living in us. He performs a good work. So a lot of people need to repent of really being on a high horse about how spiritual they are. And they say, we, well, we must endure, meaning obedience. Do everything right and obey everything and do everything perfect. And then they quote Mark 13, 13. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So what if you just took that verse, isolate it from all the other verses about salvation? That's how you be saved, by enduring. What does that even mean? Jesus is not talking about the Ten Commandments there. And everything else we just read tells you for a fact. Salvation is of God by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Not of works. It is a free gift. We just reviewed all that. So, who is the one who endures? Who is the one who overcomes? Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, just think about that for one second. First of all, he which hath begun a good work in you, that is God. We are workmanship of God. Salvation is all of God by Jesus Christ. He will perform it. He will Finish it out. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, until the final day of time. It's He's going to perform it. This is a promise of God. He performs the work of sanctification in our lives if you're truly saved. This is all hinged on if a person is truly saved. That's who we're talking about here. We're not talking about pretenders, or truth benders. We're talking about Bible-believing, born-again Christians who have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling them because they have been born again. They, they have eternal life now. Now, here's a kind of a lengthy passage from Psalm 89, which I believe is a Messianic Psalm. It's verse 26 through 36. He shall cry unto me, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also, I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, Then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David, his seed shall endure forever and his throne as the sun before me. 
Now, how did God say his people are going to endure? His seed also will I make to endure forever. He performs it. It's by his power alone that we can live a holy life by his grace. That's how we live holy is by grace. If you study the Bible, we're saved by grace and grace is the power to depart from sin. It's by God's grace. That's his power to live a holy life. That's why we are sanctified as time goes on. You walk with the Lord, you walk in the light. He's going to show you, hey, this here is wrong. Okay, you repent, lay it aside and keep pressing on. Keep running in the race. It's God's power. Psalm 104:31. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. It's his works. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. And what about, they say, what about people who walk away? They walk away from God. They just totally do a 180. And believe me, we've seen a lot of that recently. This falling away that's written of in the Bible and the New Testament, it's no joke. We're seeing it happen all over the place in extreme ways. 1 John 2.18 says, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that this is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. Okay, And that's not talking about people who separate from you because of your false doctrine. And that's not talking about people who leave a church building and that you try to use that verse against them because they didn't want to be around your 24-7 sin parade. That's talking about people who went out from us. They left. They left the faith. They walked away, so to speak. They're wicked. They're made manifest. They didn't just mess up. See, a lot of times false cults or churches use a verse like that whenever somebody leaves. The person could be righteous. God could be opening their eyes and showing them, hey, this is wrong. They twisted this verse. They're doing this. This happened. That happened. Okay, we need to separate from this. There's a lot of leaven here. Oh, well, they'll use a verse like that. Oh, they went out from us. They weren't saved. That's spiritual abuse. That's wickedness. They're like a big puffed up cloud with no rain, jacked up on pride. So it is God who performs the work. It is God who makes us to endure. It is God who gives us the power by his grace to endure, in other words. Not like a robot. I mean, he performs it because there's no other way. It is by his grace, which is supernatural. Revelation 3, 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. And they say, well, see, that means he's going to blot people out. Actually, this verse says he's not going to blot people out. It says, he that overcometh, God is the one who overcomes. Jesus is the one who overcomes. It says, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Nobody in the book of life is anything but eternally saved. 
That's what the book of life is. You're a child of God. And we're going to hear about the tares in a minute. They're children of the wicked. Two kinds. Two families, if you will. We'll be right back on Truth Dealer Radio. If you have any questions about today's program, please write to Brian at kjvprepper.com. Visit kjvprepper.com for Christian apparel worn to warm. Praise God. Welcome back. Let's get right back into the scriptures. We're talking about eternal security. We're talking about who endures and who overcomes right now. So who overcomes? Romans 12, 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay? Now, only God is good. If you study the Bible, you know God is good. He performs the good work in us. He does. He overcomes. And Jesus Christ called himself good. John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ is the overcomer. He is the one who overcomes. He is the one who performs a good work in us, as we read earlier in Philippians 1.6. 1 John 4.4 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Okay, saved people overcome the wicked, the temptation, doesn't mean we're perfect, but we overcome in our spirit. We're sanctified because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's a big word there, because. Praise God. So without him, we can do nothing. Galatians 2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Why, I hope you can conceive that. If righteousness come by the law, if righteousness come by your works, then Christ is dead in vain. Why do you have to die on the cross for you? Please. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him, the Antichrist. This is the tribulation saints. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay? And that doesn't mean they overcame him like Voltron and created a big robot thing and fought him and overcame him. No. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. They gave up their lives for the Lord because they knew what was ahead. They press on toward the mark, not the mark of the beast either. The glory of the Lord, the glory of God that awaits. Praise you, Lord, for what you have in store for your saints. And nothing on this world can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. It's the same way we overcome. God gives us the grace to endure unto the end. God gives us the grace. It's by the power of God. It's supernatural. Because you have the Holy Spirit living inside. Ephesians 4 verse 30. 
and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Right there, you're sealed unto the day of redemption, until the end. You are sealed until the final day when we, when we are redeemed fully, totally, where we will meet the Lord in the air or where we will be raised if we pass away and time tarries on until the day of redemption. That's If you're born again, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And don't tell me this means that and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed. In other words, like if you don't grieve the Holy Spirit, then you'll be sealed. That's baloney because that would be works. We don't receive the Holy Spirit by our works. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We will endure to the end according to the power that worketh in us. By the grace of God, by his Holy Spirit, we will endure unto the end, world without end. Through the, throughout all ages, even in this time of apostasy, this time of falling away, there is a remnant and we shall endure unto the end. If the Antichrist comes out tomorrow morning and takes off his orange wig and goes and sits in the Masonic temple in Jerusalem, we will endure until the end. Fear not, is by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, the word of God, his work that he's performing in us. Not because we're super powers, Justice League, we got a red cape and we're going to design new laser Bibles and go fight the Antichrist. It's by his power, the power of the blood of the Lamb, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name above all names, and his Holy Spirit, the power that worketh in us. Praise the Lord. And every saved person, every born-again Christian who is truly born again, has that power. You receive that power at the new birth when you are born again from above of the Spirit, born again of the Spirit of incorruptible seed. It means it can't be corrupted. Do you understand that? 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It's incorruptible. You can't kill the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit when we sin. That's why we're warned again and again to walk uprightly, to depart from iniquity, to, to sin not. Go and sin no more. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, but we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Praise God. And by the way, there would be no reason for the Lord to chasten his children if it were not possible for us to sin and then repent and still be saved. We're not getting saved multiple times. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The Lord himself said that. If you're not being chastened, ye are bastards and not sons. Hebrews 12.8, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, 
then are ye bastards and not sons. All children of God are partakers in being chastened when we sin. 1 John 1.9 If you could lose your salvation, there would be no such thing as chastening of God's children. There would also be no such thing as the process of sanctification. Because sanctification entails chastening betimes. We are made partakers with him. You can't get rid of his life. And it's not your choice to do so. It is a life that will never end because it is his life from before the foundation of the world. Now, tares, Jesus Christ talked about the tares among the wheat. Tares are not the children of God who lose their salvation. Tares are planted by Satan, not God. Matthew 13, this is the Lord Jesus Christ interpreting his own parable, explaining it to them in other words. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. So the tares are the children of the wicked one. Now, just in case you wondered, once you're born again and you're a child of God and you're accepted in the beloved and you're adopted into being a child of God, Satan can't adopt you. He can't make you his child and get you away from God. No, actually, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He redeemed us. He bought us back with his blood. God has victory over Satan. God comes down and smashes what people think of as sold your soul to the devil. There's no such thing. You you're already belong to the devil when you're born. If you're lost, Jesus Christ called the Pharisees and those that were there, the false teachers, those people who were not born again, children of the devil, children of the wicked one. You're of your father, the devil. It's not because they took a blood oath and drew a pentagram on the sand and did a ritual. And No, they're children of the devil because they're not children of God. There's two camps. There's the holy and the profane. There's all this types and shadows through the Bible. There's two ways. There's two groups of people, lost and saved. There's not medium saved and saved light and diet saved. You're either born again and you have eternal life. You have the Holy Spirit living in you or you're dead in your sins. And if you're saved, it's none of your works. It's because you understand you're wretched. You're a lost sinner. You need God. You repent and turn toward him and he saves you in his mercy. <sighs> it's, it's in spite of us. Don't you see? It's not of our works. It never can be. The only people raised at the last day are born again, and they are never cast away by the Lord. So let's read this, John six thirty seven. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Okay, so right there, you got to break that down. Every person that is ever saved is drawn by the Father. That is scriptural. You can't truly be saved unless you're drawn by the Father to the Son, to Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. You're drawn. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Did you get that? There's not one person that's ever saved that wasn't drawn by the Father. And this says, And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, 
I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. That is God's will, and you're not going to mess it up. Sorry. (laughs) Praise God it's His will. Out of His mercy, out of His abundant, long-suffering mercy. Otherwise, why would He do it? Praise God. I mean, you can't mess it up. Doesn't mean we sin and let sin abound it. No, God forbid. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because I believe you should live a holy life. You should strive to obey God because you love God. If you're saved, you love God because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. And this verse here, this is God's will. A lot of people say, well, I wish I could know God's will. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Praise God. Once saved, if you're truly saved, you're saved. You're in Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There it is again, freely. It's a free gift by his grace. By his grace. Praise the Lord. 1 John 1.8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Okay, so again, there's a, this is written to saved people. This is written to saved people. Saved people. You're not perfect. You still sin. You stumble sometimes. You mess up sometimes. God shows you. Sometimes you don't even know. It can be days later. Hey, did you know that what you did the other day, that was sin? I'm not talking about living a life of sin and loving sin and planning sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying you still sin. (laughs) And this says right here that if you say you don't, you call God a liar. And the whole point of sanctification is that we do still sin. We need to be made holier and holier. He's conforming us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen immediately and we're like robots. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And of course, you realize that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, you hadn't committed any sins yet. So every sin you ever commit in your lifetime in this dimension we're in with time going by, past, present, future, it's all under the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? You need to rest in him. Don't believe these people on YouTube that are saying, you got to obey this, you got to do that, you got to wear this on your head, or you got to, everything has to be in some kind of special denomination or line up with some man's book or line up with this teaching or that. You need to rest. That's what Jesus Christ came to set us free from, the bondage. Salvation is in him, of him, through him, by him. It's not of our works. Should we do right? Should we seek to please the Lord? Of course. We're commanded to. Be ye holy as your Father in heaven is holy. Go and preach the gospel. All these things are good works that we're supposed to do. But if you think for one second that you're better than somebody else, that doesn't do the certain things you do, you're a self-righteous Pharisee. You might not have eternal life because you might not be placing your faith in Christ alone. 
If you think you have righteousness, if you think that you are keeping your salvation, you need to repent because it is of God alone. Only God can, can perform by his grace the good work which he hath begun in us. It starts with him and it ends with him. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2. And that's going to be all for today. This is a little bit longer, but it's an important doctrine. I really wanted to talk about this today. And I praise God for the chance to just read the Bible with you and and share all these things with you. And please write to me, brian at truthdealer-radio.com. If you have any comments or questions, if you like this show, please share, follow on Blog Talk Radio. This program is listener supported. And if you do want to support this program, There is a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time. God bless you. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening.